I think I'm born out of the original goals of Earth Day to clean up the planet. Now, when folks think about Earth Day, I reckon that they're focusing on climate change. But the original thrust of Earth Day was around litter and recycling and cleaning up the Earth, right? Fun fact, my eldest brother was born on the first Earth Day, and he's an environmental scientist. Hmm. But to the point about recycling, this has been something that was ingrained in me from probably birth. I grew up in rural America, so the idea of curbside recycling wouldn't have been a thing to me. We had to drive into town and separate out all our recycling. When I went to college, there was kind of a curbside setup, but it wasn't reliable, so I'd line up all my recycling, frankly mostly bottles, and take them to drop off each week. In grad school, my university had a dedicated facility to recycling, and it had styrofoam recycling, which blew my mind. And even to this day, probably 75% of our waste goes out in recycling. And I hope it actually is recycled and not just thrown out like in some places whose facilities have closed or can't afford it. I'm hopeful that I'm not just an aspirational recycler. Everyone has a science story, even, or maybe especially, scientists. Science affects each and every one of us. Well, let's talk about it. From the American Geophysical Union, I'm Shane Hamlin, and this is Sci Intel. I'm talking so much about recycling and Earth Day because we just passed the 50th anniversary of it. Um, if you missed our previous episodes on the original Earthrise picture, as well as our compilation episode featuring NASA scientists talking about what the anniversary means to them, I highly suggest you check them out. For our final Earth Day episode this week, we have an interview with NASA scientist James Garvin, who was interviewed with the scientist you hopefully heard in the previous episode. But we chose to feature his thoughts in their entirety because, well, there's just a lot of really great stuff in there. I hope you like it. So, Earth Day, monumental. Recognition that we live on this priceless spacecraft Earth. Planet, system, it's our lifeboat. It's all we got. So, cherishing its systems at every scale, spectacular. Earth Day rose, raised the awareness, not just rose, raised the awareness of that in, in a way beyond just scientific, you know, uh, uh, whatever, uh, congressional, what, whatever, important decision maker levels. And so connecting our Earth to who we are and how we are, vitally important. And we've done pretty well, not perfect, because, you know, I still think stewardship of the priceless systems on our planet is still, you know, sometimes relegated to the third tier rather than the first. And you know, that's driven by the realities of, of market economies and what people need. People want food. They want internet. They want power. You know, they don't want to not have that at the expense of a few trees somewhere or, you know, whatever. So um, I think it's critical. Fifty years as a generation, roughly. I mean, we can all debate. So in 50 years, we need to project and think about the next 50 far more proactively. In 50 years, we've raised awareness, we've built models, we've got scientists interested. At NASA, we have Earth System Science, connecting satellite models to how we live. Not operational, that's NOAA, but that's NASA's job. 
I think the next 50 years of discovery of our planet is essential. One of the big initiatives that's happening organically is this global seafloor mapping project that's going on. That's crucial because 70% of the Earth is down there. Keeping those oceans viable. Um, I'm part of a team that just wrote a paper about corals in the, actually in the Tongan um, uh, archipelago. We got to keep that part of our planet sustainable and something we can work with. So the kids of today realize that, which is fabulous. The problem is actionable things that keep lives, you know, so we all live better and live well um, are, tr are tricky and big problems. I look at this generation today for the next 50 as that's their 50 to take care of our planet. One way of taking care of our planet is understand how unique it is as we explore space. So we go to the moon, we see a collisional world with its own unique history that's not Earth. And yet, pieces of early Earth are on the moon. Inside one of the Apollo 14 rocks, we found a piece of stuff that must have come from Earth. So our record may actually be in the attic of Earth, the moon. So getting to know our Earth as a system, living systems, oceans, how the, you know, the socioeconomic systems of our planet work, vital. A lot of universities are now starting special institutes to look at the intersection of science, environment, society. Um, I mean, I've been involved with one at, at Brown. It's spectacular. Looking at environmental historians, connecting that to economists who look at that in the history of science and technology coupled to actual science. Because that's the interplay. How can we use those systems together to make lives better? Because I like to give one number. Um, when Apollo 8 went to the moon in 68, no life raft. There were about 3.4 billion people on Earth. Today, 7.8 billion people in 50 years? Don't know. But So we have to use this resource we have, where we live, unbounded in many ways, um, but not fully, very smartly. Earth Day and commemorating it and using Earth as our, you know, it's, it's where we live. It's our neighborhood. Don't we want to keep our neighborhood good? I mean, Mr. Rogers always said that. So, you know, I, I think it's very important. NASA has an earth science program. Um, sometimes it's underserved um, because of political variations. I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, I was actually uh, the Earth System Science Pathfinder Project Scientist for five years when we started new missions to Earth. Um, we have to do more. Because as we understand this planet, we will understand how we are, can better live and, and use it. And yeah, when, when populations were small, the Earth was not well understood, of course we were going to do whatever we could. But now we're smarter. We can watch things as they happen. You know, we can witness the effects of us, of external events, collisions, storms, volcanic eruptions. We can put them together into a system, a business systems predict profits and things, we can do that to predict livability of our planet. It's within reach. So I hope we can learn. I'm optimistic. I mean, I think there will be an environmental stewardship economy potential, but how that's gonna work, I don't know. People didn't predict the internet economy. It's these smart kids of today, the millennials and beyond, they'll figure it out, I think. But it's important. Earth matters. And she's a tough nut, but we don't wanna crack her.
speaking as a millennial, I hope James is right. And thanks so much to him for sharing his thoughts with us. Also, thanks to Paul Molin, who conducted this interview. If you liked what you've heard, stay tuned for more Scientel episodes to come. From the scientists in a studio, to all of you out there in the world, thanks for listening to our stories. Thank you.